We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Yesterday, Cliff Sora shared a top 10 list of hot fusion restaurants, a vegan gluten-free mashup recipe, and a podcast featuring organic food trends. Oh, TMI? I. Too much internet information. That's oversharing. Cliff, Geico has something worth sharing with your friends. Like how on Geico.com you could save hundreds on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim. Gluten-free info that's easy to swallow. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, November nineteenth, twenty fifteen. I'm Clay Link, joined as always on these uh, Thursdays by Jake Latarski. Give Jake a follow on Twitter at jakeski fifty two. I'm at Clay W Link. This podcast is now available for subscription on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave us a nice review if you happen to get time. Week eleven, Jake. Regular season's flying by. Playoffs really creeping up, especially in in playoff leagues that start week fourteen. Uh, how are you sitting in most of your leagues? You know, I'm sitting pretty well, I think, for the most part, except for one of my five leagues. I have a chance to, or a pretty good chance to actually reach the playoffs, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. And in fantasy football, it's just all about getting there. Once mm. you get in there, it doesn't even, I mean, seed matters a little bit. Bye weeks are huge if you can get there, but you really just got to get in, and then maybe some magic will happen, and we'll see if those yeah. late-season pickups will work out for you guys. Yeah, you just got to hit, hit the jackpot on one of those guys. Like, mm-hmm. if Langford were to... You know, it looks like Forte could be back this week, but he's the kind of guy that if he had the job, he could win you your league. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys like that who... Charkandrick uh, West even yeah, coming around. Yeah, West. He, he's definitely going to be a big factor, arguably a top five running back for this week. But you had a big win over me in, in one league last week. I had mm-hmm. a win would have put me in a great spot for a bye. 16 playoff league, I would have been 8-2, and two, but fell to 7-3, third place. Uh, that win for you pushed you right on the on the brink of, of playoff uh, mm-hmm. contention. I was basically in a spot where I needed to win every single week out to, and score quite a few points to have a chance at a playoff berth. And I did stay alive by scoring the most points this week. Thank you to the uh, brilliant Cairo Santos pick up there, yeah, getting me 20 huge. points. Yeah, that's big. And uh, you have a good team. It was just frustrating. when always is when you have the second highest points and, and you lose. That's just... Uh, one of the reasons I like best ball formats, but also head-to-head, yeah. it happens, and you, you just got to live with it. I mean, I was just looking at one of my other leagues that's a keeper league, actually, and if it if playoffs went by points, I'd be well in the playoffs, oh, but yeah. unfortunately I'm 2-8 and eight in 12th place because of uh, quite a few bad breaks there. So, yeah. you know, that's just how fantasy football goes sometimes, and hey, it's a fun sport. That's why we love it. Yeah. And one of the reasons I'm doing so well in that league is because of Devontae Freeman, and mm-hmm. those that's kind of one where... You luck into it. It makes you look mm-hmm. great at this point in the season. But realistically, I had very little expectations. One of my final draft picks was PPR, so I figured, you know, can't can't hurt to take a chance. But Tevin Coleman had that job, and if it weren't for an injury to him, who knows if we would ever seen Freeman get this kind of opportunity to, to lead the backfield. But uh, we're definitely pretty interesting. Definitely uh, a game of skill, but a lot of uh, chance and, and luck involved, without a doubt. We'll start running down week 11, starting with tonight's game. Kind of unsexy on paper, but interesting from a fantasy standpoint. Titans at Jaguars. Jaguars, three-point favorites over under 42. Some notable Jaguars banged up. TJ Yeldon, Alan Hearns in particular. Hearns officially questionable. He said that he, he feels like he should be able to give it a go. The workload is there, but kind of a tough start, I think, this week against the Titans, who allowing quite a few yards on the ground, but not a ton of fantasy points to the running back position. Yeah, it, it's been tough, but, uh, I mean, if you're a TJ Yeldon owner, he's got to go in there. He's going to do – it's going to be the case in my leagues because when he plays, he should see plenty of workload. And uh looks like Hearn's actually upgraded to probable uh, according to today's report. So uh, it's a core injury. He got evaluated by a specialist on Monday. Um, it looks like they'll be good to go. So if any of your Jaguars – I mean, Alan Hearns has been – 
really one of those pickups. He's he scored a touchdown in what six, seven, seven straight weeks seven weeks straight now. Games. I mean, you can't you pretty much have to deploy him now if you own him, uh, regardless of the upside matchup. Upside is kind of capped. Yeah, the upside might be a little bit. I mean, three of those games he had over 115 yards in, so there have been some huge games in there. Had 15 targets week four, but it's been steady in the seven to nine range ever since. So, uh, I mean, a decently high floor. I think he's a good bet for cash games uh, if mm. you do do a Thursday one. Uh, yeah, for sure. But of course, Allen Robinson's your top dog, and nothing changes there. Yeah, I, I agree. It. I do think you're probably starting Hearns, but you know that touchdown streak's going to end one of these weeks, and at that point, you know it could be a really kind of a downer week for him, where it really kind of burns you. And on Thursday night, I know, you know, it's kind of been disproven. There have been some big Thursday night games, but playing on a short week and being banged up, uh, it is good that he's probable and practicing more than he usually does. But I am a little worried about her. And same with Yeldon. I do feel like you're probably throwing him out there just based on the workload. I mean, 18 carries last week, 14 the week before, 20 before the bye. He's eclipsed 20 carries uh, three times this season. Always uh, double digits when, he, when he's on the field in terms of touches. But let me throw a, a dilemma I have in a certain league to you, Jake. I have LeGarrette Blunt, Jeremy Langford, Yeldon, and James Starks. Would you start Starks over Yeldon? I see Eddie Lacy pretty much practiced in full today, so I think even though Starks is the number one back, I think they're going to go ahead and split split a little bit of time there. So are, are you trying to start three or two running backs? Uh, three, because I have the flex. Langford, I mean, again, I mentioned that Forte could return, so that's kind of a risky one. Mm-hmm. You know, you sit yelled, and then you find out come Sunday that, that Forte's playing, you're kind of left in a tough spot. Yeah, so it is the safe play would be to go ahead and play Yeldon this week. Uh, that's what I'm doing in the one league that I own him, and I'm just kind of hoping for my, for the best. Uh, I, Jaguars not scoring a lot of touchdowns on the ground, but Yeldon getting, of course, he's the goal line man, and of course he's going to get. I, I see the, the the injury maybe makes me think he won't get 20 to 25 carries, but if he does. Uh, I mean, you can bet 8 to 12 fantasy points at least. Yeah, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reporting that Yeldon will work out pregame, quote, to be sure, but he does expect to play Thursday night. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, inactives will probably be out already, but uh, I certainly expect him to play. Don't feel great, but, yeah, I'm probably starting him uh, regardless, just based on the workload. Maybe scaled back a bit because he's hurt, but, uh, yeah, again, you're left in a spot, at least I am, where – if I leave him on the bench, there's a good possibility once practice reports for other teams come out, uh, I could be left in a tough spot there. Uh, Kendall Wright out. We kind of jumped the gun on Doriel Green Beckham kind of being a factor last week. But do you think this week he finally starts to uh, take on a bigger role, see more targets? I think if you're in a 16-team league and you need a wide receiver three, there's potential here just because he should see a decent amount of targets. Looking at that depth chart right now and the overall roster, it almost looks like Delaney Walker will lead him in targets, but with uh, Justin Hunter already out for the year, Kendall Wright ruled out for tonight, there's really not a whole lot. I mean, is, is Harry Douglas going to be the top receiver in yeah. that offense? I don't know. I mean, you look back to earlier in the season, Green Beckham had a couple red zone looks. I'm not exactly sure what's happened since then, but I, I look I look for targets, I look for volume, and I look for potential, and there is potential there. It's, it's far from a safe play by any means. He's not necessarily a lock in every daily format or anything like that. But there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of upside to a young, skilled, talented, athletic receiver like Doriel Green Beckham is. Yeah, I don't feel great about him in season long just yet. Maybe a stash in deeper leagues, but mm-hmm. uh, as a as a dart play in DFS, I certainly like the idea. We'll move on to Sunday's games: Raiders at Lions. This is a pick 'em over under forty eight and a half. Lions. 
course, terrible start to the year, but a couple big wins. Uh, I don't, how much are you buying into this this little bit of resurgence for Detroit? I mean, I don't think that they're going to come out of nowhere and go ahead and make the playoffs. But at the same time, there might be a couple good fantasy days to find here. Mm-hmm. And I think this Sunday might be one of them. I'm personally using Stafford and Calvin Johnson in, in several of the daily lineups, the early ones that I've built. The one, you know, I tend to build most of mine you know, right before kickoff on Sunday just to get the most recent information. But when I was playing around, I liked these guys. And the main reason being is just the overall Raiders defense. Now, they're the third worst in terms of uh, total yards allowed per game and a lot of that is due to their pass defense which is second to last in the league uh right right neck and neck right in between new orleans and and the giants there the the raiders giving up 293 yards through the air per game so that i mean that makes me one who i mean i don't think i'd ever do this but i have Derek carr and aaron Rodgers in one league or i'm sorry uh, I guess that doesn't make sense because it's the other side. But uh, regardless, I, I think this game might be a shootout, and there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy productivity out of here. And you look at Stafford's price; it's down low. You look at Calvin Johnson's price; it's not necessarily in that top tier of wide receivers. So setting those guys up will allow you to go ahead and get Gurley and Gronk and those types of guys in your lineup. Maybe even a Julio Jones, who I like this week as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And this is one of the higher over-unders of the week, which is not really that surprising. But, yeah, this is one where I could see it going well over. Because I think these teams, yeah, I agree with you, Lions don't have a chance at the postseason, but the Raiders still do. And both of these teams really kind of have their back up against the wall at this point. You know, the Raiders, you know, they've been toiling in mediocrity and just bad bad football for years they want to get over that hump and the lions really kind of fighting for caldwell's job so i think this is going to be they're going to be slinging it all over the field i do kind of like amir abdullah as a, as a dfs tournament play only six touches last week turned those into 22 yards but uh this raiders team has, has a lot of issues on the ground and don't really see it being Drake bell yeah i mean i in one sixteen team where I'm sitting there with Bell in my lineup, who's a little bit banged up, I'm going to watch that contest closely. But I can see where you're coming from with Amir Abdullah. Now, of course, he's got to get through maybe some of the fumbling stuff from earlier in the year. He, he kind of lost that job that he originally mm-hmm. had. So it hasn't been going so great for him. But that's brought his price down enough to where it's it's nece- it's hard to determine if it's worth the risk or not because you do have to accept a certain amount of risk. He could end up cashing in the dud it could be five points but it could also be 25 and if he does it's great value so like you said I like him in tournaments yeah I mean uh, he was a guy I liked in PPR especially coming in only one reception in the past three weeks but yeah I kind of feel like he's the kind of guy who could come out of nowhere the talent's there you just need to get him more involved I think this could be a week where he surprises a lot of people uh, maybe as a hot hot pickup heading into week 12 and just 3400 on DraftKings. oh yeah that's dirt cheap I'm gonna be all over that Colts at Falcons Falcons six point favorites over under 47 and a half you know of course Andrew Luck uh the Colts without him different team but I, I do think Hasselbeck could be kind of a, a, another guy who surprises some people I'd be a little hesitant to use him in most uh, cash games, but but again, tournaments. I can, s- can certainly see the argument because uh, the Falcons. I think that defense is a lot worse than it looked very early in the year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think going against Hasselbeck, yeah, they've got some weapons. The running game's a little bit off and on. At the same time, the Atlanta defense that looked really good early on, their mm-hmm. price has deflated a ton since the beginning of the year. So you can get them either at bottom barrel price or the next up. And mm-hmm. I'm not one to spend big on defenses unless I know it's an absolute lock. And this one, I mean, 
considering the other defenses that are in the grouping there, I, I do kind of like them. And uh, hmm. I will consider using them in daily. I mean, Hasselbeck, we know what we can get, but he's getting up there, and uh, it's it's just tough. I'm trying to look. Uh, DraftKings, well, actually, Falcon's kind of uh, pricey on DraftKings, 3400 but uh, still 600 less than the top defense, which rightfully so is the Seattle Seahawks against Blaine Gabbert. Nice, yeah, against Gabbert. I can't believe that guy... Uh, won a game it's, it's just pretty amazing mm-hmm. uh but you know our own jeff or sorry our own chris liss always says it and he's so true or so right about it falcons offense is so you know the, the production is so consolidated just into two people freeman julio jones anybody else in this falcons offense that you would even think about even as a tournament play in dfs you know not really uh i i can't look to roddy white or leonard hankerson with much confidence at all i think i mean and then after that you go to jacob tammy being a tight end two and a 16 teamer at best mm-hmm. so like there, there's not a whole lot to like outside of that and it's going to be very focused on these two guys julio jones might get a decent amount of ante davis this week which worries me a little bit but I'm still using him in daily because I oh, think yeah. they're going to be able to work it out with with the short passes and the slants that Julio and his hands and his quickness will be able to get just enough to have a productive day, hopefully find the end zone. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, you mentioned that there's not really anybody else. You know, Matt Ryan, of course, is an option. He kind of was slipping in that QB2 discussion as far as I'm concerned for a while, but I think it's kind of an easy must start this week. Jeff Erickson has him top five among quarterbacks on the value meter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone asked me on Twitter this week if uh, you know they had Tony Romo and they've got, uh, I believe, Big Ben on a bye. Uh, should they wait around for Tony Romo or could they go get Matt Ryan off the waiver wire? Obviously a shallow league if this is the case. But I said, mm-hmm. go ahead and get Matt Ryan. Just do the safe bet. He's got a great matchup this week. You can always flip-flop afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I think Romo kind of hits the ground running and has a decent enough day, but... I think Matt Ryan, you can't really go wrong. You know, having Romo in his first game back, you just can't know exactly what to expect. I think Ryan's much, much safer option. We'll move on. Jets at Texans. Uh, no, no line info. Looks like maybe waiting on the Brian Hoyer announcement. That's kind of amazing that the line is being held up by Brian Hoyer of all people. But I, I saw a report that it was maybe unlikely to play, still in concussion protocol, but uh, officially questionable. So we'll see. It could be TJ Yates yet again. The Texans, you know, if it is Yates, I'd be fine starting DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, I wouldn't feel as good about him because while Yates did lead the offense and looked a lot better than Hoyer last week, mm-hmm. I just love how Hoyer, you know, zeroes in on Hopkins, and I, and I just don't know if you can trust Yates at that level just yet. I mean, Whoever takes the reins at quarterback is has to zero in on Hopkins. He's by far the best offensive player on that team. And one way or another, he's going to get his. I learned my Alfred Blue lesson last week. I'm never Ooh. starting him again unless the matchup is just spot-on spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of in a pinch with bye weeks a little bit. But if it's Yates or if it's Hoyer, I mean, Jets defense, $3,000 on DraftKings. You could do a whole lot worse than that. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think the Jets, even on the road, defense makes for a very good play. Uh, you know, the, no line out, but I'd expect this one to be probably one of the lower over-unders of the week because uh, that Texans defense looked a lot better last week. And I think this, this Jets team offensively, you know, they have some, some good weapons, but uh, I, I still don't really trust them on a week-to-week basis. Uh, but we'll move on here. Buccaneers at Eagles. 
Mark Dirty Sanchez gearing up to, to get this start here. Eagles seven point favorites at home over under forty five and a half. Jordan Matthews big game in week nine. Another letdown in week ten. Where does he stand for you among wideouts? I'm still playing him in most formats. I can't help it. He's going to lead them in targets, and there's no reason to expect otherwise. Even with Aguilar creeping back in, Riley Cooper has like is a non-factor in the offense. Josh Huff a little bit banged up. I'm checking on that right now. Uh, yeah, Josh Huff had back spasms Thursday. So just, I mean, outside of the tight ends, uh, Matthews has got to be the best receiver in there. He just got some drop issues to correct. I mean, Sanchez went to him a lot last year when Sanchez took back over, uh, or at least towards the end of the year, and, and that's kind of what built, started to build the Jordan Matthews momentum to give him such a high ranking coming into this year. If you have him, you probably drafted him as a wide receiver too, and unless you were able to go ahead and find guys like Amendola, Stephon Diggs, and those guys on the waiver wire to bring it up, uh, they, it's not too difficult of a decision here. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start Matthews everywhere I own him. Yeah, me too. It is. He has been very frustrating, especially with the drops. But you, you start your your wide receiver ones in an offense like that, especially because mm-hmm. uh, targets are going to be there. Production may fluctuate, but I you know process over results. And Matthews still pretty easily a wide receiver two in my eyes. Even Jeff Erickson has him seventeenth among wideouts uh, on the value meter. I think that's that's fair. He does have him ahead of Devontae Adams. I might actually start Adams uh, ahead of him just because of, of the targets he saw last week, yeah. absolutely through the roof. And I just think, uh, you know, maybe Matthews has a little higher, higher floor and maybe a little bit higher ceiling. But I think it's very close. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's maybe just Green Bay bias being up here in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But but I mean, you uh, can't argue with what was it twenty two yeah. targets. I mean, you yeah, always we, if there's anything we preach more than anything, it's follow the targets, mm-hmm. and that would be following that uh, I guess fantasy football commandment in this scenario. But do you think the Packers, I mean, we're going to touch on them a little bit later, but you think Rodgers is going to be throwing it 61 times again with that hurt shoulder? I mean, that seems to be doubtful with Lacey back. I think they're going to try to work in the run game and get that going a little mm-hmm. bit. But if, if it all depends on the game flow. If they're behind, they might as well put it in Rodgers' hands and give him 50-plus pass attempts. But that's not at all what McCarthy will be trying to do. No, I, I completely agree with you. And for the Buccaneers, I, I think – I saw that Vincent Jackson officially limited today, but I don't feel good about his chances. I think he was just doing, yeah, officially limited, but it sounds like he's, you know, his activity included running routes and even cutting, but just in a preliminary step toward getting back on the field. Mike Evans, another guy that I think mm-hmm. in, in 50-50s cash games in DFS, uh, he, he's the guy I'm locking in maybe first or second in my lineup because I think uh, it'd be crazy not to start him. Broncos at Bears, pick him in this one, over under 41. Started the Brock Osweiler era. I picked him up in my 2QB league. You know, Manning was, was obviously bad, and we, we don't know what to expect from Osweiler, but th- there are weapons around him. I'm expecting him. Uh, I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Chicago. It'll probably... Uh, knowing my luck be an extremely windy day. Mm-hmm. I saw the Bears actually had indoor practice today. Uh, but but I'm expecting Osweiler to to be serviceable as a, as a QB2 this week. Yeah, I could very much see that happening, a QB2 in your, in your two-quarterback formats. I think uh, if I were in a two-quarterback league, I would have put a, a pretty hefty bid on, on someone like that rest of season. Mostly weapons. I know Manny Sanders is a little bit banged up there, but of course you've got Demarius Thomas and maybe... 
just maybe they'll work Vernon Davis in, and then you do have two backs as well that can uh, both catch the ball out of the backfield. So there's no shortage of, of weapons. It's uh, I think the bigger concern will be can they protect Brock Osweiler? Mm-hmm. Didn't seem to be able to do that too well with Peyton Manning, but I, I would imagine Osweiler's got to be just a tad bit more mobile, not even knowing that much about his style of quarterback play. I think just by default, anyone's a little bit more mobile there. So mm-hmm. uh, the weapons make me really optimistic. The matchup looks good on paper. Again, you're going to want to check the weather before you go decide to go all out on Osweiler and Daly because if the conditions are bad, it's it doesn't bode well for a good fantasy game. This is getting mm. to the time of year. I was seeing some snowfall outside on my way into the office today. Oh, wow. uh, just a, a little flurry, nothing too heavy. Uh, we're expected to get some snow up here in Wisconsin tomorrow, but we're starting to get to that time of the year where uh, weather reports are pretty important and are worth taking a look at. Yeah, it seems like it's later in the season than usual, but I think that's very wise to point out and, and watch the wind. Mm-hmm. I mean, rain is, is is bad, but I think it's really the wind. If you're looking at 15 to 20 and beyond, then you're it's, you're going to have a really tough time passing the ball. Mm-hmm. Especially for kickers. I know we like to yeah. brush kickers off a lot, but dome kickers all of a sudden become more valuable. I'm really hoping Osweiler opens things up for the running attack too in Denver because no more you know teams disrespecting the quarterback and uh, I know that sounds crazy when we're talking about Peyton Manning but they did, didn't have to worry about him stretching the field because he just couldn't hopefully Osweiler is able to do that uh, maybe get one guy out of the box uh, allow the running backs to have more room to work as a Ronnie Hillman owner struggling to make the playoffs I'm, I'm certainly hoping that is the case there now I mentioned Bears had indoor practice on Thursday due to inclement weather I think, you know, nothing certain, but I have a feeling that's why Matt Forte and Alshon Jeffrey were both downgraded to DNPs today. Mm-hmm. I think it was more of a precautionary move. Because they're out on turf. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to, and given the nature of their injury, it's kind of soft tissue, lower body issues. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to risk that. I'm starting Jeffrey because I'm assuming he's going to start. Uh, but, it, but what about Forte? If he's active, are you even throwing him out there? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm confident enough to start Forte because it's tough. I mean, the Bra- or what, what do the Bears have to gain from using him a ton now yeah. and getting him re-injured? I mean, show him off for potential trade bait after the deadline. I, I don't know if that's really realistic. And just the nature of the MCL injury and, and you know, the, the practice time maybe had a little bit to do with the weather, but I'm not super confident. I don't know. I've got one of those inclinations that uh, the way Lankford's been playing, it would be much more beneficial for them to sit Forte one more week. Now, it's tough because last week the Bears played the Rams, and I was like, oh, Lankford's cheap, but I'm not touching him in daily because it's such a good run defense, one of the best in the league. And you're starting to think about that again when they're going up against Denver, but say Forte's out, does the Denver defense make you shy away from him in any way? You know, no, because of what he showed last week. I was with you. You know, I didn't feel good about him. I even sat him in season long. Mm-hmm. I played him against you and our 14-teamer, but in a 10-teamer, set him on the bench, I think, in favor of James Starks, who I mentioned before, and that, mm-hmm. that really burned me. I still won my my matchup, thank goodness. But I think Langford's kind of already gotten to that point where – uh, just because of his usage, you know, passing game, running game, uh, very dirt, uh, dirt, well, just kind of a, a pocket knife type of player that uh, gets it done in, in all aspects. And I think that's, uh, they're going to continue to keep him pretty heavily involved, even when Forte is close to 100%. I think he's kind of earned a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, all of those backs, uh, 
Kadeem Carey's value will probably suffer the most when Forte's back because I, I think he'll be phased out a little bit. There just isn't enough snaps to go around on offense. But I think Langford has some reasonable value that you can sustain rest of season unless you're in an 18 league. He needs to be kept regardless of Forte. Absolutely. Now, Rams at Ravens. Uh, this is going to be a snooze fest, I imagine. Two-and-a-half-point favorites are the Ravens over under 41. Nick Foles out. Case Keenum in for St. Louis. Uh, Foles was just abysmal throughout the entire year. Are you expecting this this Rams passing attack to, to tick up, or are you still expecting them to have that same formula, ride Todd Gurley, play defense, and, and throw the ball as few times as you can? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think their passing plays are going to be fancy trick uh, receiver running plays, really. I mean, uh, there's just there's – Outside of the one nationally televised game a season ago, uh, Case Keenum hasn't done a whole lot, and he doesn't necessarily have a DeAndre Hopkins to throw to this time around. So I'm expecting a big game for Gurley. I could very well see him getting 30 carries or something along those lines. So I am trying to find a way to use him in both cash games and tournaments because I just don't think I can necessarily afford not to. Mm-hmm. Baltimore's run defense isn't what it once was, and the usage is there. I think he's one of the safer plays in fantasy. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think he's the number one guy, and I think, uh, assuming he stays healthy, easy number one overall next season. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I'm not expecting this Rams offense, in terms of philosophy, play calling, to change whatsoever. You're just hoping Case Keenum is able to hit some of those targets when given a chance, but there's no way they're going to be putting the ball in the air more. Now, we mentioned the Rams give up a big day to Jeremy Langford, but I, I feel I don't feel very good about Justin Forsett, who's coming off a down week. And even at home, I kind of think this Rams defense bounces back. And Forsett's just not as uh, well-rounded, I think, in mm-hmm. terms of the passing attack as Langford is, uh, what he's shown so far at least. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about this today. If you're in a keeper league, you got to think, Justin Forsett's 30 years old. He's averaging 1.2 yards per carry less than he did a season ago. And thinking of the matchup this week, and then looking ahead down the stretch here, I mean, there's a couple easier ones in there, but he does see Seattle uh, and Cincinnati. So there's a couple tough matchups down the stretch. Uh, I would I would trade him for not a whole lot in return right now, especially in a keeper league, especially. If you're, if you're, yeah, especially if you're like down the standings, mm-hmm. don't have yeah. a great choice. Especially if you're down, but even if you're up in the standings, yeah. I just you're not going to get much value out of him. Uh, there's a couple weeks that, this week and a couple weeks down the road where it's going to be tough to get value out of him, and you're not going to get a whole lot next mm-hmm. year. So uh, I, I'd be trying to sell if possible. I mean, you're not, not going to find takers mm-hmm. all across the board, but if you can get something you can use this year that might help you in the playoffs, then I'd consider going for it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can even do this now, but I'd trade him for Jeremy Langford in a heartbeat in a keeper league mm-hmm. because Forte, a free agent after the year, see very small chances – that the Bears end up bringing him back, I think Langford's uh, the guy. And if he is, I mean, we're talking about him being a pretty easy top 10 back if he has the job to himself. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think we learned our lesson this year about running backs in the first round. But at the same time, I mean, just the way that the Bears have used Forte over the years, now I know it's a new scheme in there. But uh, with what Langford's shown, it'll, it'll be tough to uh, root, or not root against him, but, you know, kind of pick against what you've seen so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cowboys at Dolphins. This is a pick 'em over under 47. Of course, big news in this game is the return of Tony Romo. Uh, expects to return in full. I mean, no limitations. Apparently, the collarbone is completely heal- healed. 
Gonna have to be activated from IR. Doesn't need to, re- to return, but that will happen. Des Bryant, though, limited this week, still battling knee and foot issues. Nothing new, but do you think the Cowboys, I mean, this team has been absolutely abysmal since Romo went down. Do you think Romo is able to get him back in the win column this week and for this offense to be clicking right away? That's really tough because, yeah, Romo still thinks that they're in it and the Cowboys still think that they're in it. But even if he does suit up and play, actually, side note here, I was surprised I was even able to find a line for this game with Romo's status still a little bit uncertain. But, uh, uh, yeah, essentially it's a pick and I don't know, man. The Dolphins have been playing much better since Dan Campbell took over, and I think this will be a close, interesting game. But just because, say, Romo does come back, I don't think that necessarily locks in the Cowboys as uh, as a win, especially mm-hmm. on the road, uh, especially with how things have been going so far this season. So uh, I'd say far from a lock there. Yeah, I'd say not a lock, but I feel pretty good about Romo just because uh, – Maybe they run McFadden 25 times like they've been doing lately, but I kind of don't see that. I think Romo, especially on the road against a a team that's got a pretty daunting front four at least, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they're going to have a ton of success on the ground. I think Romo chucks it. 40 plus times maybe yep. maybe 50 i mean cowboys two and seven lost seven in a row they need yeah, this some is a must sort of resurgence yeah. but i mean so the, the division isn't the greatest you're looking at five and five for the giants four and five for the redskins four and five for the eagles and two and seven for the cowboys so they're mathematically not out of it but they have got a lot of work to do and they need him back as soon as possible yeah absolutely i mean at most, they can lose what one more game. I mean, realistically, they they can lose one more game, eight and eight, maybe get some in the playoffs. Who knows? But I, I really don't. Can we get think. a seven eight we one seven, team in, or yeah, a seven, seven nine eight, team, one. or pretty recently? So I think the Seahawks made it in at seven and nine a couple of years ago. But yeah, and then they ended bad. up. That's the year they upset the Saints when Marshawn Lynch oh, just yeah. went beast mode on everyone. That's right, crazy. Absolutely. I think Charlie Whitehurst got the start at QB in that game. Absolutely amazing. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 11, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1 million going to first place and a total of $5 million up for grabs. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Redskins at Panthers. Panthers eight and a half point favorites over under 45. This is a situation where I don't feel good about it. A lot of players on either team, of course, Cam Newton. On the Redskins side, I'm starting Jordan Reed. Uh, But aside from that, I mean, nobody else I really view as a must start. Mm -hmm. Uh, Devin Funches is a guy that I was hoping to take on a – they take on a bigger role after having a pretty decent game against the Packers, but still basically only a tournament play, and even then I don't think he's a, a very good bet to score a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, he's not even a lock to catch two passes in mm-hmm. a given game, but at the same time, you know, I like his prospects rest of season. He looks like a, a legit NFL wideout. You know, yeah. you see him, he's, he's lanky, he's athletic. He's, yeah. The look, the measurables, all that kind of stuff, even the hands on that deep ball, but you factor out that deep ball, then what has he really done all year long? So it's tough. My dilemma here is Cam Newton against the Redskins here, or looking ahead a little bit, starting Carson Palmer against the Bengals. And I don't know, it might come down to the over-under of that game, and, and Bengals-Cardinals uh, is projected to be a little bit more high-scoring. So 
I mean, we all saw what Kirk Cousins was able to do against a uh, you know a decimated Saints pass defense mm-hmm. last week, but I, I think he really bounces back to earth here. There's very little utility you'll be able to get from him on the road at Carolina against that D the way they've been playing. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you that there's nothing that's a lock there, but I will be starting Cam Newton, Greg Olson, and Jonathan Stewart in places where I have them, more or less because I have to, but you know I just don't have – better options mm-hmm. and uh you know i'm still confident in having middle tier games for those type of guys yeah i mean jonathan stewart's definitely a guy you're probably gonna start but uh frustrating player to own most definitely just given that you know gets gets the uh a lot of that goal line work taken from him but uh at the same time i think i think this is kind of a tougher matchup than it looks on paper but jeff erickson has jonathan stewart's seventh among running backs, so it must start in his eyes. I think he's a guy you, you probably start unless it's a shallower league and you're absolutely stacked, but I think this could be a game where uh, maybe he comes in a bit under projection just because, uh, I mean, maybe the Panthers get out to a lead and they have to run run the clock out and maybe you know breaks a big one, but I kind of think it's going to be kind of a, a grind type of day where he has to really mm-hmm. uh, grind out production between the tackles. We'll move on to afternoon games here. Chiefs at Chargers over under 44 and a half. Uh, Chiefs pass D and Chargers run D, both uh, suspect to say the least. Are you attacking either of those units? Um, you know what? I am a little bit in, in daily, and, and the Chiefs pass defense to their credit has gotten a little bit better. They've been able to fight their way, claw their way back to the middle of the league here. But I'm going to look at the run. Thanks D. to Peyton Manning, yeah. essentially. Yeah, pretty much there. Uh, yeah, yeah, helped them out there. But, um, yeah, looking at the Chargers' run, D, 27th in the league, giving up 123 per game. For that reason, I'm going to go ahead and use Charkandrick Weston daily. I think he could be in for a big game. I thought originally I had a Phillip Rivers-Stevie Johnson stack in some of the early lineups I set, but I eventually reevaluated. I kept Stevie Johnson in my lineup because I think he's the main wideout to target in there, especially with Ladarius Green, Malcolm Floyd, both still kind of banged up, Antonio Gates still a little bit banged up. He's probably going to play, though. Um, but with all those options out, I think Stevie Johnson gets double-digit targets. But I thought Rivers was just a little bit too expensive. That's why I kind of scaled back and went to Stafford and Calvin Johnson there. But I kept Stevie Johnson in. I think he's a decent receiver. He's pretty cheap. Uh, if I can uh, double-check this here real quick. I mean, Stevie Johnson, uh, we're looking at uh, 3900 on DraftKings. So it can open a lot of things up for yeah. you. And uh, you look at the uh, the options around him that just aren't quite there yet. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see Dontrell and Mon or, or Danny Woodhead will get his out of the backfield. But I don't see any one is a major threat outside of the tight ends to those so I think there's decent DFS opportunity in this game I'm surprised the over-under isn't a little bit higher but so far the only thing I've acted on was the Chark Andrick West and the Stevie Johnson plays yeah I can see your you the reasoning behind having hesitation to start Rivers and Daly I'm going to be paying up though because just how how efficient he's been and the, the, the point totals he's put up on a week-to-week basis this year and again taking on a Chiefs D that pass defense that's largely struggled throughout the year, and they just can't get it done on the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Woodhead is good, but he's really kind of that scat back, the guy you get it to in the passing game. I just don't think they have any intention of, of trying to get that run D going or mm-hmm. that run offense going. I think mm-hmm. I think he, uh, Rivers is a guy that you can kind of bank on to 
put it in the air 40 times, maybe 50-plus times. Yep. On that same note, though, would you consider him maybe a sell-high option in keeper league formats? Because he puts up numbers year after year, but very rarely does oh, yeah. he actually work his way into the top 10 rankings of next year. And, you know, who knows what the situation is going to be like over there next year. And I don't know. I, I listed him as a potential sell-high only for keeper formats. I think you got to keep him because he brought you here in your, in your single season and your redraft formats. But in keeper formats, if you're out of it, I'd be looking to move him. Yeah, no, I would too if I'm not competing. If I'm competing Mm -hmm. this year, I want to hold on to him. He's been one of the best fantasy QBs of the season so far. And and again, I just think he's he's safe because you, just given how much they throw it and their inability to run it, you look at the fantasy playoffs coming up, he's got Kansas City in week 14 as well. Mm -hmm. So that's a plus matchup that he's at home against Miami, then at Oakland. So some pretty appealing options uh, pretty appealing matchups there for for Rivers. So he's a guy that, yeah, especially if I'm c- competing this year and mm-hmm. I know the Rivers owner is, is kind of struggling, maybe I look to to make a deal for, for yeah. Rivers. Yeah, if you are competing and you have Rivers, the same the inverse of that works too. If you have a couple young players that are on your bench, see what you can get in terms of offers with the Rivers owner, especially if they're not quite in it. Yeah, because, I mean, you mentioned that Rivers has a tough time pushing into that top tier every year when it's all said and done, but I think this is the year where he finishes – probably top five among QBs mm-hmm. and undervalued. So I think you can get them at a, at, at least market, maybe at a bit of a discount. Packers at Vikings, this is a pick em over under 44.5. You think Vegas, this being a pick em overreacting a bit to the Packers skid, or do you really think the Vikings, especially at home, uh, right there with the Packers? I mean, two weeks ago the Packers were on the road against an undefeated team, and Vegas gave them three points. Now they're on the road against a a team that's exceeded expectations maybe I would say a little bit this year but yeah. they're nowhere near the caliber of the of the Broncos or the Panthers in my opinion uh, I just the, the quarterback play well I guess I can't really say quarterback play after Denver but just the uh I, I don't know overall top to bottom maybe the defense is creeping up there and that worries me a little bit but uh yeah, I could see Vegas reacting to this recent skid. I can very much see it being a pick I have a really tough time imagining how this game is actually going to play out. Uh, I would like to see a surprising maybe, but a, but a heavy dose of Eddie Lacy if he's back and ready to go. I think uh, mm-hmm. you know to punish that defense a little bit and maybe give Rodgers a break. Uh, I very much doubt that we're going to see Rodgers attempt 50 passes again. That doesn't necessarily mean that Rodgers isn't a top five quarterback in in fantasy you pretty much have to start him in all your season long Mm -hmm. formats maybe slightly hesitant to pay up for him uh, especially on the road here but I I I don't know in in, in your season long I'd go for it in your daily maybe step back I'm also looking at Devontae Adams of course because as Mm -hmm. you already mentioned that massive target count yeah I, I certainly don't expect him to see that many targets again this week but somebody that I think now that he's healthy, we're going to start to see that talent emerge. Hopefully the rapport with Rodgers uh, gets better in the weeks ahead. And, and Rodgers hopefully gets healthy because, as we mentioned before, added to the injury report with the right shoulder injury. He's downplaying it, but you know he hasn't really looked like himself. I'm just hoping that uh, yeah they're able to provide enough maintenance to where uh, – there aren't any setbacks at least maybe gradually get better in the weeks ahead because he's still playing at a capable level Mm -hmm. uh, easy top 10 QB in terms of performance but 
Uh, he's just not that elite top top three type of guy right this second. Yeah, having a tough time living up to the very high standards that he mm-hmm. sets himself. On the other side of the ball, I know we like to focus on the Packers, but the way the Packers' run D has been playing, I think Adrian Peterson could be down for a huge game. And if you're not quite ready to pull the trigger on Gurley, I, I think Peterson's an excellent matchup. Or if you punt all your other positions and go Gurley AP to start, I think that'll put you at a good place in cash games this week. Yeah, I like Diggs as well because this Packers defense – I mean, they know what's coming. They're going to be gearing up to stop Peterson, so maybe Diggs uh, ends up having a, a lot of targets and a pretty big day as well. Teddy Bridgewater, even if somebody's on by, maybe you had had uh, Peyton Manning, another QB, maybe on by. I think he makes for a guy you can pick up because while the, the volume may not be there, this Packers D hasn't looked very good. I think the, the completion percentage will be pretty high. 49ers at Seahawks. Seahawks, big favorites, 13.5 points, over under 40. I certainly see where this is coming from in terms of Vegas putting this line on this, but do you think think Gabbert ends up covering here? I Oh, man, I don't think Gabbert can cover this. It's the Seahawks. They're at home. Yeah, I mean, granted, Gabbert won that game, but... I just you look at the way these two, the direction that these two teams are heading. Who's got the postseason aspirations? Who's got the seed improvement aspirations? Who doesn't? Who's got to compete? I mean, the Seahawks got to, are essentially going to be right there with Arizona for uh, in the division race. So I, I, I can see the Seahawks taking, trying to take it to them, uh, getting a lot of Marshawn Lynch and uh, and not really letting up, especially with the home matchup. And I just don't think Blaine Gabbard can go into Seattle and and. And he'll yeah, he'll put up a fight, but not a real formidable one. There's literally not one player on the 49ers that I'd start really in any format that mm-hmm. I can think of. We're in that we're in one sixteen team staff league. I'm I'm hurting with a lot of Saints on my team and them being on by, but there's really nobody in this Niners team that I'd even think about picking up. Yeah, I mean Torrey Smith, uh you look at him, he's one of the only healthy offensive options that was even drafted this year that's left over. Take a look, uh, week seven against Seattle. Smith was on the field for 40 snaps, only targeted once, zero catches. Do you think all of a sudden with Blade Gabbert mm. instead of Colin Kaepernick that he's going to start going after Richard Sherman with Torrey Smith? I very much doubt it. No, no chance. I just, he, that guy, I drafted him in a couple leagues, but by week three, even four max, I'd cut him because just so inconsistent. Did have a 20 point game. Uh, pretty early on, but it just you know he's laying eggs, putting up donuts every now and then, and uh, it's just so, something I can't live with. Uh, you don't want to be you know t- rolling the dice, and pretty much playing roulette with a fantasy option. Sunday night game: Bengals at Cardinals. Cardinals five point favorites, over under forty five and a half. This is uh, definitely an interesting game because the Cardinals really impressive, Bengals as well, but coming off a tough loss, do you see them bouncing back on the road here? I think it'll be uh, a pretty close game uh, compared to what people expect. And one of the reasons for that, you know, I mentioned my Cam Newton-Carson Palmer dilemma earlier, and I was saying that I was thinking maybe the over-under would break the tie. But then I look at this Arizona receiving core. Larry Fitzgerald dealing with an ankle injury. Michael Floyd, who's been on fire lately, he's got a hamstring injury, and John Brown still has that same hamstring ailment that's been really limiting him lately. They're all banged up out of all three of them. Larry Fitzgerald was the only one that practiced on a limited basis Wednesday. I think we'll need to wait a little while for the Thursday injury report to come out. So, that, But that should provide more clarity. Nonetheless, I mean, the Cardinals are having a tough time staying healthy and. uh you know, you'd like to think 
I'd say Fitz will probably play, but the other two are, are kind of question marks, and I don't, I don't really know, and that's making me real hesitant to start Carson Palmer. At the same time, I mean, I'm looking at the weekly rankings here. Carson Palmer is, uh, is number four. Um, so, you know, you, you look at uh, some of the tough matchups he's had in the past, and he's been able to overcome those. Carson Palmer's still solid rest of season, and, you know, I'm going to watch this injury report, but I think – I might have to uh, stick to my guns, go with the higher over-under with Palmer, uh, but I want to see some of these receivers get some practice time towards the end of the week. Yeah, I really like what Palmer's done, and he's kind of just how he's playing right now, bordering on you know matchup-proof status right now. I uh, would like to see him have John Brown at his disposal. Brown didn't practice Wednesday, and he's been a guy that has burned a lot of fantasy owners. I thankfully... Did not play him for either of those two games where he was active, but didn't actually really play at all. Mm-hmm. Zero production in either of those two games. Uh, but but a player that can really kind of be a difference maker when healthy. Maybe he's a guy that you you trade for because you can get him. I don't think that price is getting any lower, especially because that owner is probably just spiteful at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's the lowest price it's going to be, but you also have to consider what you can actually get out of him rest of season. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a little bit more comfortable and see it first, it's a – it is a bit of a risky move, so if you're if you really need to make some splashes, you know maybe consider it just because mm-hmm. it's a very high risk uh, with potential for high reward there. But the way Michael Floyd's been playing, I, I don't know if Brown's going to move up past number three on the depth chart the rest of the season. It's something to watch, absolutely. Monday night game: Bills at Patriots. Rex Ryan's second Super Bowl of the season. He lost to New England in Week Two, forty to thirty-two. Uh, put up a fight, but couldn't quite get it done. Patriots favored in this one by seven and a half over under uh, forty eight. Do you think Rex Ryan's team again shows up? I mean, they put so much emphasis on this matchup. I think they show up and, and make it close again. Maybe, uh, maybe it comes down to the wire. Do you think the Patriots kind of cover this spread pretty easily? I think it it'll be a little bit closer than a lot of people think. Uh, mostly because this time around the the Bills are are almost at full strength, pretty much fully healthy there, or I'd say they are. I don't really see any major injuries, at least on the offensive side of the ball, whereas the Patriots, they're down Deion Lewis, they're down Julian Edelman, and I think both LaFell and Danny Amendola are, are incredibly reasonable, if not you know, good quality plays mm-hmm. in your season-long formats this week. So, But that's an opportunity. I mean, it's one less... Uh, one less quick body to cover in the slot for the Bills. I think they keep it close, but I still think the Patriots pull it out at home. Will they cover or not? I don't know. I think Rex Ryan and the Bills might have enough fight in them to cover. Uh, I wouldn't be super confident in, in, in laying down on the Patriots this week, but hmm. I, I still think that the Patriots will win. Yeah, I think it's kind of a game where you know the, the Patriots may – I mean, they're not going to be taking him lightly, but we saw last week a close game, maybe another close one, because this is kind of the point where uh, I, I see that perfect record being being challenged. I, I still think the Patriots do emerge here. Uh, but I don't feel, you know, he has the job and all the carries pretty much, most of them to himself now, but LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, he made his debut against Buffalo in Week 2 after being suspended for the first week. Only two carries in that game. Mm-hmm. Of course, Deion Lewis was healthy and played uh, pretty much the entire first half over Blunt, but uh, how do you feel about Blunt in this one? Do you think maybe his fortunes change taking on Buffalo at home? I don't know why. Well, I can think of several reasons why 
the main one being he's Bill Belichick, but I don't know why Belichick would stray from a game plan that was successful the first time around, or at least stray too much from it. I actually think if the Bills are able to keep it close, maybe James White could be in for a decent game. Uh, they would see a little bit of uh, you know a lot of those short dump off passes instead of trying to attack the Bills and, the, and that pretty talented front seven head on. So I think the opponent here doesn't really suit for a big game for Legarrett Blunt, despite the fact that he's the guy now. Yeah, and on the Bills side. I think they're going to have to be passing a lot more than they like to. Mm-hmm. Of course, Tyrod Taylor's been a guy who's been good, but they just haven't been putting it in the air a lot lately. Do you think maybe him and Sammy Watkins are in for a big day, maybe a DFS stack with, with those two? I don't know if I feel good enough about to stack. I think uh, maybe I would play Sammy Watkins in a tournament because, again, you never I, – I just have such a hard time trusting Sammy Watkins. I took him reluctantly in one league this year, and it's definitely burned me so far. His one big week, I didn't even play him because I was waiting for him to you know come back from his injury and show me something. Then he shows me something. He plays me to get a whole point and a half the next week. So it's just not been working out for me. It's a roller coaster ride. It's tough to start him in cash games, but if you are doing a tournament or if you're – Maybe, I don't know, I don't think of him as much more than a wide receiver three in season long. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can throw him out there in your season long towards the towards the end of the option list. So I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm dogging him a little bit too hard here but from my personal experience, but I, I would limit him to tournament plays in DFS. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got the talent to be an easy wide receiver one, but the injuries, mm-hmm. nagging injuries. And consistency. Yeah, consistency and just the Bills opting against really passing a lot. You know, they mm-hmm. they kind of have that run it a lot. They have two two good backs, play good defense, pass when you have to, and hope Tyrod's efficient. And that's worked fairly well for him so far, but I think this is a game where they have to throw it a lot. And I think Sammy's a guy I'll probably be throwing out there in tournaments, but not in, uh, in cash games, 50-50s, things like that. Uh, but Tyrod, maybe after this week, is sell high. I was able to sell on him in one league. I think you know people. You, uh, they see that floor, with the rushing ability, and that mm-hmm. is a nice safety net. But really, I think even a guy like Brock Osweiler, Mark Sanchez, uh, right, kind of right there this week in terms of QB plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyrod's rest of season schedule going to Kansas City Week Twelve, Houston, Philadelphia, Washington, Dallas Jets. So nothing that stands out there as far as matchups that he should be able to tear up. He should. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned Kansas City improving a little bit uh, from what they started at early in the season, but I mean. Some of these past defenses here are pretty respectable, so I do agree it could be a decent sell. Sell, especially if he has a big game this week. Yeah, I would, exactly. I would absolutely try to go sell high on Tyrod. Well, that'll do it for us, guys. Good, good luck in Week Eleven. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Again, use the promo code RotoWire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out RotoWire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. The RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast will return on Friday. Napa know-how. Napa.
Tampa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.